Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Thanks for the question, John. I'm, I'm thankful for the, the Denver Broncos, and we had great interviews there. Great people there, but when it came down to it, there is no place I wanted to be any more than H Town. So it was an easy, it was an easy pick for me. It was a no-brainer to be here. All right, be home. It was a no-brainer. So it wasn't a, a difficult decision at all. It was very easy. That was D'Amico Ryan's uh, back introductory press conference. I didn't uh, know I was. I didn't know we were playing D'Amico Ryan's. I thought that was an ad. Was, uh, <laughs> what was he talking about, Sean? He was talking about uh, w- wanting to be in H Town. There's no place like home. It was a no brainer for him, Seth. Sean, have you learned to do the H Town? I have. I have. I, I make sure of... my fingers are at a ninety degree angle from the the my 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 uh, erected fingers are a ninety <laughs> degree angle from my pushed down fingers. I got the. I H-town. like to put a hook in the erect fingers. The the thing about the H Town or any hand signs. Yeah. Like I have, uh, it's, I have like uh, dyslexia. I think when it comes to interpreting hand signs that are supposed to look like letters, yeah. I'm doing it right now, and I still don't see where, where's the H. Is it like, supposed to be like a lowercase H? Yeah, kind of, well, is that the oh because you're a little pinky, and then the, oh okay, I guess. all right, I get yeah, it now. Yeah. I would okay. say just do it, just go, just go with the flow. You know, that's one of the things. Honestly, I wonder. Okay, we got to talk to Hal and Can about that. Cal and Hannah, Canna, should we call them Canna or? <laughs> <We> should... <laughs> Hal or Canna? Which one do Cal, we want to call them? Hal and Hannah. I would say Canna is a is kind of a cooler combo Canna name than Hal. Is a power couple. Hal is Hal couple. is the name. Hal is Hal is your think, bartender at the corner dive. Yeah, I don't think Hal. Uh, I don't think Hal really just captures perhaps the the, the attractiveness of of Hannah. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's Canna. What I think the, yeah, I guess she's a, she's a very attractive lady. Absolutely. So yeah. I think that um, I would say. So what are we going to call them? Canna. Canna? Canna. Yeah, okay. let's call them Canna. So which part of Canna, like, said, hey, look, we really got to embrace the Houston rap scene. Like, this is something unique about Houston that perhaps we've not, you know, really done a good enough job. Uh, of, like, I, good, I, good. I would say 99% certain it's the Anna part of Canna. You think so? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, she, Wait, what no, are we she, going with? Canna? Not Helma? We're going with Canna. No, we're not going with Hal. Hal. Stop it. You're going to make like me... I like Helma because it sounds like hella good. Helma? Like, <laughs> that's Helma good. Helma. <laughs> Helma sounds like a hideous 
housekeeper or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah. so we're going Who's with- this? Who's this sweeping the patio? Oh, that's just Halna. So we're going with Canna. We're going with Canna for now. Yeah, but text you know in. It's, uh, we'll, we'll take suggestions. Do you know what my little conspiracy theory is about Sean Payton now? With Sean Payton most likely leaking to, uh, to Colin – what the hell's his name? Colin Cowherd. Uh, Colin Cowherd. His name's Canna Cowherd. Cowherd. I'm so confused now. And you're hungover. It's going to be a rough sh- – it's going to be a fun show in a rough way. <laughs> I'm actually not hungover. Um, so- <laughs> I'm just sleep-deprived. I feel good. Yeah. Okay, right. So so we're talking about um, – okay, so I think that Sean Payton ooh, said something negative about the Zoom interview to Colin Coward. Yeah. And we don't know exactly what, but Colin Coward said that you could sense the dysfunction in an ownership group through a Zoom call. And, you know, he did that Colin Coward thing where he doubled down on it and said, Zoom call! Yeah. With his eyes wide open. Yep. Like he just smelled something stank. Um. And I wonder, I wonder with Sean Payton, my little conspiracy theory would be that old school Sean didn't like the fact that there was a gal on the, on the call, mm. that it was, which I have zero reason I don't to know. suspect that he, other than that I want to. He's always <laughs> been very complimentary of Gail Benson, the, the, uh, the owner of the... Oh, and she was paying his, I haven't heard him say Saints. anything nice about her lately. He's, mm. Are you kidding yeah. me? You, you pointed out he couldn't <laughs> shut up about the Saints at his Denver press conference. Ah, he Tell- said all about the, he said about the Saints. He didn't mention her by name. He may have. Not I that know. I heard. I got to go back and look at the transcripts. What are we doing? Misog- <laughs> Old misogynist Peyton yep, out yep. there in Denver plying his wares. I've looked yep. at. Uh, I've looked at a lot of the report cards now that now that all the spots have been filled and Jonathan Gannon is the coach in Arizona. He was the last one to get hired. I, the, there's all kinds of report cards out now, and I save the text like, "Why? How can you give out a grade? They haven't coached a game yet. The proof will be in what happens on the field." Yeah, thanks, Einstein. I know. Um, but you can grade how well the teams went about the process. Where was the candidate on the pecking order of candidates coming into the process? How good a fit is it? How much hope does he generate? That kind of thing. I think the Texans right. did the best job of any of the teams. I think they got the best candidate. Uh, they did a great job in this cycle with who they interviewed. Four of the got four of the five jobs went to guys the Texans interviewed, and they yeah. got the one. They got the one that I think any of these other four teams would have hired instead of their guy. Look, and and I, I think the one thing where yes, obviously the listener has a point in saying that D'Amico hasn't accomplished anything yet. We get all that. We understand. I understand the way sports leagues work, but I also think it's okay to acknowledge. Um, one that you know, like this is this is the first time in a while that the team has seemingly kind of lined up with several W's in a row. Yeah. <laughs> and it, after being at the depths of dysfunction and turmoil and all these other things, it seems to have gone in a conventional way. And that we actually won something in the off season. If all your if your only scorecard is okay, it, it sure does seem like D'Amico was the hot candidate. At least in, unless you wanted to go for the retread in Sean Payton. It seemed like he was the hot candidate, and D'Amico was actually turning other teams down. So there's that. And then if I were to swing back again and be devil's advocate, I'd say, okay, yes, and that feels good. We do have to acknowledge, too, that, I mean, there's a little bit of luck involved with that. He right? played I here. mean, it, yeah. it just so happened that the hot candidate is a guy that – wanted for various reasons to come back to Houston, I think his emotional attachment to the team, but also his wife is from here. But I think the important part of that is that that D'Amico knows the McNair family and that I think that there are a lot of things said about the Texans that are just very easy for people outside the city to just 
paint the Texans organization as the boogeyman, and then they don't have to address other issues. So you look at and, – and it's interesting right now where when people are moving away from the white-hot heat of uh, everything, and now that they can't just blame the Texans for – for hiring too many blackhead coaches, basically, um, they're like because they've because they've so they they're mad that they fired coaches, which they had indeed hired as well. Um, I think that you have to look at it and say, all right, what do we really want to accomplish here? If you want minorities in positions of importance in professional football, in the last eighteen years, the Texans for sixteen of those eighteen years have had a black man as either the general manager or the head coach. The Texans, Cal McNair would be the first to tell you that, hey, we still have a ways to go in terms of, you know, eliminating blind spots, uh, implicit bias, all these other things. But, like, what what are you really trying to accomplish if you're just – if it's so easy to just say, well, I didn't like what the previous owner said in private once. It may have, may or may not have been misinterpreted versus, like, let's look at actual hiring records. Right, right. You know, like, let's look at and, – and, again, the Texans would tell you, that, yeah, and we got to get better. Yeah. Like, we're always trying to get better at all this stuff. We're trying to see things more clearly, yep. eliminate our biases. And yet they, at the very least, have, have, have actually hired black men – in these roles for 16 out of 18 years they've had a black man in in one of those two premier spots on the team versus these other teams that are getting zero flack while never having had a black man in those roles right right so, well, the uh, other, so, so go die everybody the, the well the other i mean the other four head coaching spots in this go round yeah. you know um let's rapid yeah, fire but these boy, but yeah but oh, the, the broncos are just you know that's a Colin Coward won't shut up about what a great organization the broncos are apparently he doesn't care about diversity and hiring apparently, apparently not that's yeah crazy. he cares about Colin his, Coward. his I, thought, I thought you were trying super hard to be woke all the time bro buddy Sean then, Payton uh, yep yeah uh letter grades uh let's rapid fire these Seth Frank Reich okay. Carolina what, what's your letter grade for Frank Reich and Carolina? I would uh, I'd give them an A minus. Okay. I really I like Frank Reich as a coach. I think honestly, if Frank Reich had come to the Texans, that I would have been a okay with that. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really hard to judge a guy in the same way that like it, it's hard to really truly judge Lovey Smith for what he is a, as an NFL head coach based on last year because obviously nobody was going to to win in those circumstances. But Frank Reich put together competitive teams for four straight years. With with constant and extreme change at quarterback, so um, yeah, I like Frank Reich. All right, uh, Sean Payton, Denver. We we hammered this one. What's your letter yeah. grade for it? I look, I like, like I've been having fun piling on Sean Payton. Obviously, he's a very smart offensive mind and a good head coach. But I think the overall hire of it was something that looked like a desperate push, a desperate surge by a new ownership group that. Felt what it felt what it felt like to get de-pantsed in public for the yeah. first time in their lives, and you know the owner George Penner, the, the the member of the ownership group, actually mentioned it in the press conference about how like wow we'd never le- seen this level of scrutiny before. You know you operate you operate freaking Walmart, and Walmart doesn't get as much scrutiny. A, 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 an organization that gets a whole lot of scrutiny doesn't get as much scrutiny as when you own a sports team. It's true. They kind of panicked. They peed down their little pants legs yep. a little bit. Gave up draft capital, paid them a lot of money. I that's I, yeah. like I don't think it's going to work. That's the thing, like in Denver. And part of it is yeah. they got to deal with Patrick Mahomes for however long. And I, I just I don't think Russell Wilson – I think Russell Wilson's broken. Welcome to, the, welcome to the big leagues, discount boy. That's it. Yeah. That's it. 
Uh, Shane Steich in Indianapolis. What's your well? What, what, uh, what was your what was your grade for Peyton? You didn't give a letter grade to Peyton. Give a letter. Oh, grade I, to I think I said a D plus. Oh, did you say a D plus? Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Um, I thought it, and that's good enough. Shane uh, I would Steichen. Give, I, uh, Steichen, I'll grudge. <laughs> Steichen, I'll grudgingly give a B minus. I how think how that, much are you penalizing him for sobbing for six minutes during the introductory press conference? Uh, more than maybe I used to. I've done, and I, look, I'm somebody <laughs> he that wasn't chokes a up. A minus, full letter grade. Yeah, I'm. Uh, look, I look. I think men should be very, very comfortable crying. The issue that I have in introductory press conferences, I the issue I have with crying there is the same thing I say to draft picks. Like in that moment, like, hey, this is not. This is not a culmination. This is the beginning of something. Yeah, like yeah. this isn't like, hey, I just won the yeah. Super Bowl and I'm overcome with emotion. It's a red like, flag. I feel like this, yeah. is, this is the time to be focused, like so focused on what you're doing two hours from then. Yeah, you can't get too wrapped up in that moment. I just, I like, and that's that's kind of a BS attitude of me to have. I don't but know. I like, I'm somebody that gets choked up at, at various events in life. Yeah, I'm not ashamed of it. Um, I don't think that should be one of them. I think it's a bad sign. The, I, like, I think you should be like, honestly, I want my football coach to be like, boy, this press conference is nice, but we've got to get going. We got work to do. We're, we're behind all these other teams. Totally. Totally. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, uh, Jonathan Gannon of the two guys whose personalities did not impress me at all. Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon. I think Jonathan Gannon's impressed me less than Steichen's at the end of it all. There's a, I used to have Gannon ahead of Steichen, but now that, that reversed a little bit. Some of it was that buckle up video, perhaps. Uh, I give them a C plus. C plus. Okay, so they're yeah. about in the same. Um, you know who doesn't give the Gannon hire a C plus? Angelo Cataldi. Angelo Cataldi, our our uh, counterpart up in Philadelphia, legendary legendary host on our sister station WIP in Philly. Today is his last day. On the air, he's retiring after today. You would think that the final show, the opening segment to the final show in an illustrious Hall of Fame career in one of the hotbeds of sports talk radio, Philadelphia, you would think he he might spend it um, maybe looking back, maybe having a big picture perspective on <clears throat> what the job has meant to him. I'm sure he'll do that at some point today. But probably what's made him so successful is his hyper focus on what's going on in the now. So Angelo yeah. Cataldi in his final show, spent the opening segment doing what he does best, destroying Jonathan Gannon. You people out there, all of you, <laughs> who have defended this man, shame on you. This is my last show. I'm still doing it, Go Johnson. all in. Do it. Shame, shame, shame. That horse's ass has moved on and had a fun 48 hours while we sifted through the debris of his failure. Oh, that was nice there. Sifted through the debris <laughs> of his abject failure. He didn't seem yes. very upset about it. <laughs> no, he seemed to be handling He's surprisingly pleased. well. <laughs> it's just the best. They were coming they were coming they were coming off of a piece of audio from Gannon's introductory press conference in Arizona where he was describing the whirlwind leading up to from the Super Bowl to oh, yeah. getting named yeah. the coach, and he talked about how it had been a fun forty eight hours, which which is, uh, honestly is pretty stupid yeah. on Gannon's part. Like you just yeah, lost exactly. the Super Bowl okay. two I days ago. I just marked him down to a, uh, a C, C higher. Yeah, I would go. Even, <laughs> I'd, even, I'd even push him into a D range for that. What are you thinking, dude? What are you? I think, um, and, and honestly, I think I can say with sincerity, these grades wouldn't have changed that much if they'd gone to the Texans. Um, because a lot of why we were excited about D'Amico is wrapped up in who D'Amico, the D'Amico we already know. Yeah. Um, but 
I think that that's, that's one thing we have to prepare ourselves, Sean. Um, somewhere on our way to three Super Bowl victories in the next 10 years, yes. uh, there will be assistant coaches who are interviewing for jobs during the playoffs. This is another area where I think you just have to have a really good plan for it as a head coach, much like D'Amico and Casario, I think are working on a plan for how do you, how do you cultivate a pipeline of potential offensive coordinators? You know, yeah. if you have success, you're going to have to replace this offensive coordinator. How do we keep the quarterback on the same page? I mean, you have to have a plan for that. Likewise, you have to plan for the success, which means guys getting plucked from your organization. Yep. And I, I think this is where I think both D'Amico and Nick Casario have a lot of experience with organizations that face that same problem. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's a, it is a frustrating thing. I, I was checked in on San Francisco a lot, and their fans were getting really agitated at D'Amico and other guys having to, having to interview during the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, guys like Cataldi, they don't shut up about it. Do you, you want, know? do you want, we should mention too, Clint Kubiak. We got more Cataldi? We got more, I got more Cataldi. You want more Cataldi? Yeah, I'd like to do him all day. Okay, well, real quick, Clint Kubiak is going to San Francisco, not here, as long as you're mentioning coaching. What stuff. the hell? The rumor had been running game coordinator here. He's going to San Francisco to coach under Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Um, Here is more Cataldi. And this actually includes a little bit of Gannon. So maybe you Texan fans might come away feeling even better about the D'Amico Ryans hire after listening to this. No. There's one guy who was there for all of that. And he's the guy who's now the head coach at Arizona. Got rewarded for And I will go back to that guy again because he did something. (laughs) This is... (laughs) You can't, ladies and gentlemen, if you script it, if you went, right, what would be the most ridiculous thing somebody hoping to get a head coaching job would do after failing in front of the world? Yeah. And what job, you know what he did? He went right at it. He brought in for the interview, the day after they blew the Super Bowl, one item and one item alone. His play sheet from the Super Bowl. See, what he was, I know what he was attempting to do there. He was attempting to take this large turd and get some <laughs> turtle wax and polish it all up. Was it written in crayon? Right, because I can tell you, whatever <laughs> garbage he handled to those morons in Arizona, that they still hired him. The idea that all you would bring in would be the trophy of your failure is beyond belief. But here he is explaining it. Monday morning to get up and talk to Michael and Monty, uh, that's what I did. And uh, I obviously had prepped for that uh, opportunity for a long time. And uh, basically, I did not have a book. I didn't have a piece of paper. I had one note card. I showed Michael my call sheet from the Super Bowl and said, this is how I do things. I write it by hand. And uh, ultimately, we talked about what was in my brain and what was in my heart. Oh, my God. That's terrible. No, and they went, oh, my God, wait a minute. We were on the fence here, but he writes the notes by hand? Oh, we got to hire this guy. He's old school. (laughs) All you people, Elliot, Charles Parks, who are the other guys that were telling you? Marcus. Marcus Marcus. We're good. We're good. We're good. It was uh, Elliot Charles Parks. I've I've grown to like him, too. I think we have to, uh, you know what? Remember we had that listener that used to get really pissed at us that we would listen to Lonnie Johnson's YouTube channel? Yeah, yeah. Um, And uh, it was part that he was, I don't think he liked us piling on Lonnie Johnson and how bad his YouTube channel was um but he also just thought it was bad content 
I we could have spent that time listening to Angelo Cataldi. Instead. It's true. I don't it's think we've true. had a single person. I don't think we've had a single person. Have we? Tell us that they don't no. like hearing Angelo. I dude, Cataldi. I get friends that text me when things bad happen with Philly team, like when they lost the Super Bowl on Sunday. Yeah. I had three buddies text me. They're like Cataldi tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> man, I, it's I love him. How did I just discover him? I don't know. Just, I'm so sad he's like, retiring today. Yeah, I feel like one of these uh, quirky kids that discovers a band from you know the 1940s that they really like yeah just, uh, yeah find out all their stuff on i'm a, i want to find angelo cataldi on vinyl i'm sure it exists <laughs> it's got to it's when got they to. first started broadcasting they were just sending out they were sending out vinyl records vinyl photographs <laughs> to people um, <laughs> up next battle red blog had a five question column what with some clown named sean pendergast oh this clown five questions about the texans Tear his head. He's no Angelo Cataldi, I'll tell sure you that isn't. much. He sure isn't. We're gonna... I've been down here from Philly for four years. <laughs> We're gonna... They don't got anybody that can they can stand up to Angelo Cataldi. I'll tell you that they ain't got We're... the sand of Angelo. We're going to tear into this horse's ass <laughs> next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.